You're listening to Focus on the Bible. Hello, everyone. I'm Freddie Coyle. Thanks for joining our show today. We hope you'll enjoy it. And we hope you'll share your connection with our show to a friend. As always, thanks so much for your support. God sits on the throne of the whole universe, but He's not insulated Himself. He's not isolated Himself. He doesn't protect Himself in that way. He's rolled up His sleeves and gotten involved. God is a risk taker. Let's talk about this. Despite the fact that we seldom, if ever, have thought about God taking risk, I invite you today to explore the scriptures with me. Let's focus on the Bible. And can we make this point that God has taken risks? Think of back in the garden. There's Adam and Eve, loose, a man and a woman in the world with a snake on the loose who happens to be the devil himself in form of a very crafty snake. That's risk-taking right there. They are risking making a mistake here, believing the word of the devil snake instead of the word of God and flushing the whole human race and what we've had with God away. How about Jesus coming and the nature of his coming into the world that Jesus, the creator of all things, would take on human flesh and come into the world as a baby. They would lay the holy head of God in a feed trough, a manger. That's risky. How about those disciples of Jesus out on the sea? in a terrible storm, so much so that those old fishermen were scared to death. They just knew they were going to die, and they were upset with Jesus, who was asleep in the boat. And they said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? That's risky. How about Jesus facing the mob all alone? And that night, even when that howling mob of religious people came against him, even those few disciples that were around, when he looked into the faces of those mob people, he said, let these men go. That's in John chapter 18 and verse 8. He even let go Peter, the only one who was willing to take out a sword and take up for Jesus. He asked those men to let him go too. While he stands alone, and by the way, when he did that, they went backward and fell to the ground. God does these things that are, are, seem to us to be so risky, it's so seemingly out of character for God. Even the audacity of the way he picked the very disciples that he chose. Did he go to the colleges? Did he find the honor students? Did he get the biggest and the brightest and the best? No way. It was a ragtag bunch of mostly fishermen who were afraid of their own shadows, it seems. The most successful-looking potential maker among them was the one who was a dirty devil in the end himself. The audacity of him to choose a bunch of young men like those that he chose who had so little formal training that later they looked at them and they called them ignorant men and they were amazed that they'd been with Jesus. How about Abraham and Isaac? Remember that story in the Bible? Abraham promised that he would be the father of a great nation and yet he has no children. 
God promised a son to him and God delivered on that promise. Amen. But how risky it seemed when God told Abraham to sacrifice the life of that son. Pray tell me, friend, if Abraham kills Isaac, what happens to the scarlet line of the Messiah? If Isaac dies before bearing children himself, the bloodline of the Messiah is broken. Have you agreed with me so far that from our perspective, God has not played it safe? God rolls up his sleeves. He gets right down in the dirt and creates a man who's vulnerable in the garden. You remember the story of Gideon. This man who was hiding on the threshing floor, afraid of the Midianites, God chose to be the general. General Gideon, they call him. He came up with an army of 32,000 people, and God said, that's too many for me to give the Midianites to you with that many. Let's reduce the size of the army, and God reduced that army of Gideon all the way from 32,000 men to only 300 And God went out and won that battle anyway. Speaking of battle, how about the day that God sent a little boy, David. His dad kept him home to take care of the sheep. He went to visit his brothers, and there they were, big brothers all cowering, sitting around the campfire drinking coffee like all the rest of them in the army of Israel, including their tall king, afraid to go and face that giant champion of a man, Goliath. And God sent that boy with a slingshot out to face a giant, risky business. There's Jesus one day in human skin, faced with the task of carrying a crossbeam on his back, broken by that scourge, so much so that the historians wrote that under that scourge, There were times that the ribbons of flesh hung down and you could see the vital organs inside of a man. They gave that to Jesus, then dropped the crossbeam on his back and pointed to the top of a hill about 600 yards away where he would hang dying on that cross. Risky business. God is a risk taker. And when God needed the gospel of Christ to be told... In this great war of the world, the war of the universe against a devil wreaking havoc who's now become the prince of the power of the air. When God needed the gospel of the grace of God to be told that people could be saved by the preaching, what did the team look like? Did God give Jesus 300 soldiers to train? No, a bunch of country boys who would turn the world upside down by the preaching of the gospel under the power of God Almighty. Actually, is it really risk-taking? Can we actually say that? Was it risky for God to do all these things and many more when God Himself is in all places He's omniscient, He knows all things, He's all-powerful and all-wise. God has never lost a battle that he intended to win. So in that respect, it's not risky, is it? He's perfect. He wins every battle he wants to win. He is God, God the Almighty. But from our perspective, this is a shocking thing to admit in the Bible. That God is not isolated. He doesn't sit on top of a mountain. He didn't make himself invulnerable. 
He came here in a body. He's always out there on the edge. He's always pushing. He always has his adversaries in the world. But what I'm telling you is maybe God is trying to show us something of, as a model of himself. You remember in Genesis chapter 2, when God got to the crown of his creation, the creation of humans, and male and female created he them. The Bible says very clearly that he created them in the image of God. We bear the image of God. So God, who doesn't have to be afraid of anything, God who truly knows forever that every battle he ever wants to win, he shall win, has shown us what it looks like to have great odds against us. He's shown us what it looks like to roll up our sleeves and just plunge ahead into the sea, even though we don't yet see how he's going to split the water and stand the water up as a wall on each side and let the good guys go through and slam the door shut on the bad guys. God has, I think, shown us something in the model of the way he treats life. To leave us knowing that when we stand against great odds, when we have our own enemies, when we have a battle to fight, it's okay to take a risk. It's okay to do as God has done, that we rest in the power of God, that we rest in His omniscience, that we rest in His forever presence with us. It's okay that we go out and live life, that it's okay that we're not afraid of living, we're not afraid of dying. It's okay that we're not afraid of our own shadows or afraid of the next pandemic or afraid to do what God calls us to do. Today, there are so many people, maybe young married couples who consider having children, who right now have decided, well, times are just too hard and the future is so uncertain. I guess we better not have any children because maybe we shouldn't bring any children into this world because it's just too risky. Well, friend, that's just not the way God processes things. Now, there might be a lot of variables to consider when you have a child, I'm not trying to get into your planning on that necessarily. I'm trying to make a very desperate point here. And that is that God's not afraid. Because the Bible says the fruit of the womb is the Lord's reward. And God chose life from the very beginning. Do you realize, friend, that your father probably knew that there are challenges in the world? It might be a little risky to bring a child, but thank God he brought you. Do you know your grandfather probably had a rough world to bring a child into, and so did your great-grandfather? And back to time immemorial, people have been bringing children into the world in bad times. It's just today that it seems like all of a sudden everybody's afraid of their own shadow. God chooses life. And so many people today perhaps are thinking, I better not serve the Lord because it's a tough time to stand up for Jesus. And I don't know what might happen on my social media or at work or at school. Better not step out there and identify myself as a lover of Jesus. I better just play it, what? Play it safe. God is a risk taker, friend, and we're created in the image of God. Maybe he's showing us something about what life ought to be like for the free and the redeemed. 
And when our faith calls for taking what might be thought of as a risk, we are safe in the arms of Jesus. Amen. And maybe someone out there in the listening audience today says, I'd like to be a missionary, but I'm afraid I can't raise my support. Now, really? What does that sound like? I don't want to be unkind here, but what would that even sound like in the prayer room of God? I'm afraid I can't raise my support. Well, did God call you to it or did he not? If God could save my soul, God can feed me a hamburger. Amen. Let's go and live life. Let's go and accept the challenges and rest in the power and the presence of God always. Helicopter parenting is all around us. Parents, take away the choices of the kids. They're scared to death. Don't climb that. Don't go there. Don't cross that line. Don't go over the fence. We're scared to death, and we're raising our children to be afraid. We should be terrified of that and not all the other things we're afraid of. Would you join me, friend, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 3 through 8? I want to look at this with you in light of the fact that God is a risk taker from our perspective, and sometimes we take them too. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So God gave us a living hope. Amen. It's time we got to the living part. It's time that we started living in the hope that Jesus raised His Son from the dead on the darkest day of earth's history. He raised that son from the dead, and God is still winning battles on our behalf. Verse number 6 says to these people who are under great trial of their faith, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So verse 3, 4, and 5 are all about no risk because God holds us in His hands. But now verse 6 is about walking with God. It's about sharing life, taking risks, going through hard times, sometimes suffering. But it's the trial of our faith, verse 7, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Amen. Let's get in the fire when necessary because we walk with God. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddiecoil.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode, a focus on the Bible.